You're listening to the Top Shelf Creator Podcast. Today, we talked with Angelica Prather, who is the founder of Charger Worth Academy and co-founder of Robin Laurel and Company. She is an award-winning business coach who is passionate about helping ambitious, driven beauty professionals transform their finances and business. She helps busy professional hairstylists significantly increase their income, build multiple streams of income, gain financial control within their salon business to reach financial freedom. She's a mom of two and works hand-in-hand with her husband on their mission to create financial freedom for their own family as well as yours. And you're going to find so many gems from everything that she says today. So be sure to have those notebooks out and be ready to have this be on your list of episodes that you listen to a couple of times. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Cabrina Budwell, and you're about to experience the best way to create a thriving creator business online from other creators just like you, who are making a full-time living doing what they love. We are here to help you create a sustainable business that helps you more than survive, but thrive. Get ready, because this is the first creator podcast to use clarity, strategy, and tactical solutions to position yourself in the market create systems that convert, and harness your influence to scale your community. Welcome to the Top Shelf Creator Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf Creator. I am here with Angelica Prathers, who's one of my very good friends who I met last year and was on her podcast. And so we've had the opportunity to get to chat and we just spent some time catching up over all the things that have happened in our lives. And this is going to be a phenomenal episode of learning about pricing and your worth and who you are and how to streamline things. And she just has so many amazing things to bring to the table. So definitely get a notebook out, keep your ears open. This will be one that you'll probably want to listen to twice. So Angelica, tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into this space in the first place. And really the main thing that you focus on as well as where things are going. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I love uh, chatting again. We had so much fun before. So thank you for having me. That's first off. And I am Angelica Prather. I'm an income strategist and business coach. But before I was any of those things, I was a licensed cosmetologist. And I worked in the beauty space for 20 years and became an educator there. And um, in the pandemic, I got this burning desire um, to stop to slow down, to sleep. And no ideas came to me. I was just like, I am going to be this person. I got reserved income. I'm going to chill. I'm going to hang out with my babies. And the pandemic really um, highlighted, I was not active online. I didn't build my success or any of my business through online presence. So I was a ghost um, in the online streets. And um, I answered a question. I decided to just be online one day and answered a question in a Facebook community group. And it was a genuine answer. I had started up my own uh, community for stylists, for hairstylists. And um, I answered a question. And within 15 minutes, I had 200 stylists coming over because I answered her question about pricing, because I had a different formula for pricing for my services. But I was so wrapped up in my own business, I was not paying attention to the outside world because I did not have an online presence. And so the pandemic gave me that opportunity to kind of shy into that, right? To kind of of walk Mm -hmm. into that new purpose. 
And when I went back to doing hair, uh, my husband was like, you need to get a coach. You need to like write the curriculum down because what you're learning is that nobody runs their business. Like you run your business and you have something that's to share. And so that birth where I am now with Charger Worth Academy, which is a virtual based educational hub to teach service providers, beautypreneurs, entrepreneurs, creators, all right, <laughs> um, how to streamline their business from the financial aspect. Why are we creators, right? Why, you know, everybody in this planet earth has something to give and you are at a place where you can teach it. But to stay in business, you've got to understand the financial aspects of it, right? <laughs> because we can, you know, our gifts and talents will never allow us to be broke a day in our lives, but we could be broken from doing something that we love because we don't, we're not able to survive and mm -hmm. you need to be able to do that. So that's kind of where, how it all got started. And then where I am today, um, it's just so much more clear. <laughs> so I don't want to ramble on. You can ask me more questions and we can get into it more. Too. Yeah. No, and the thing that I love about everything that I know about you and having watched your business grow over the last year is that you took something and were like, I'm going to change this. I'm going to make my life better and look at all these things that I've been doing. And I think that the pricing thing, I know when we talked the first time, I was so impressed with the fact that that was something that you talked about so specifically, because mm -hmm. I think as creators in this space being creative, having your own business, doing these things, people are like, oh, well, you're a freelancer. You're an artist. You're an author. You're a hairstylist. You're whatever it is. And they're like, I don't value your time as much as I value mine. So I'm not going to pay you for what I think that this is mm. worth. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> and people, I watch some of my artist friends specifically, and we all get into this starving artist mode. And so we're seeing it as we're the creator economy is becoming something big that people are starting to go, oh, this is a full-time gig. Yes. This could be my thing that I make more money on. And we're seeing Gen Z not even apply for regular jobs because they're watching all of us make all the mistakes and they're like, I'm just going to charge more. Yes. And so it's teaching the Gen X and millennials of how do you charge what you're worth? And that's why I love the name of your academy. And – Make sure that it's sustainable for mm -hmm. growth because, yes, you're starting in your passion, but you still run a business. That's right. That's right. I love what you were saying because when we, we take a talent, my grandmother has this saying, and it stuck with me. If you And I said it earlier, but I'm going to reference again. If you have a gift and a talent, you'll never go broke a day in your life. So that just lets you know that the talent that God naturally possesses in you, right? Nobody can be you. No one has your DNA. It's just a matter of knowing what you're worth. And so we put, when we hear this thing worth, we immediately go into what's the cost of it. But worth also means greatness. So how are you going to be paid for your greatness? And if you start to look at and remove the cost from it or the price point or anything, I am great because what? What do people walk away when they experience my service. When you just start to say, just go to the foundation of what is it that I do so great that my gifts can easily do an equal value exchange for this. Scratch mm -hmm. everything else out of the, the math equation or just I'm having fun. People are receiving something from you. I mean, we watch TV, right? And we get this emotion and it's like, we're either crying, laughing or something. Those people are paid for that. 
-hmm. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. But now today, more than ever, we can all be paid for what we possess here, what we do physically. And I love the next generation because they're like, the heck with that. I am going to actually love what I do and find an avenue to be paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's the the most valuable thing to, to the human self is that we know exactly who we are and we're going to find a way to generate money. Like I always tell people, there's an income gap in, in culture period between women and men, between uh, minority groups. There's a reason why it's the mindset. Mm-hmm. that's it, right? It's the mindset and the exposure. And so if you partner with people and collaborate with people, even though I came from Brooklyn, New York, I didn't have a lot of resources around me, but I put myself in, pla- in places that made me uncomfortable so I can get the resources that I was not available in my community. That's all it is, right? And yeah. so that's the beautiful thing. I just took the talent with my hands and actually created other opportunities. Now I get the privilege of not using my physical body and not trading my time for dollars, but also I'm able to train, you know, make money from what I know mentally. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's so many opportunities for that with things like Google. And we're learning. We were all taught growing up, go to college, get a good job. And that doesn't work the same way that it did even 10, 20, 30 years ago. And everybody's coming out of school with all of this debt. Mm-hmm. And as our collectively, we're shifting into what you're talking about of figuring out what is that talent for you. Mm-hmm. And so for you, what was the thing that you were like, okay, I've finally fallen into my talent and I know that this is what I need to be doing. It actually was hairstyling. I actually, <laughs> I'll tell this story. I tell it all the time, but um, I remember someone's asking me, one of my grandmother's friends, I lost my mom really young and um, my grandmother was raising me. And one of her good friends who was a lawyer asked me, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I just said the cliche thing, uh, a doctor. And my grandmother said, she she said, stop lying. Just tell them whatever God wants me to be, right? I haven't figured it out. And she said, that's the worst question you can ask your child because they don't know, right? And I want to keep you guys dreaming. We were told, like you said, go to college and do all this stuff. Hairstyling for me became easy. So I was just doing it. I was braiding hair. I was playing my doll's hair. It just was an easy thing for me. I never seen it as a career because it wasn't glamorized as success in my eyes, right? So- as I got older in high school, my, my grandma's like, you should be charging for this. Stop doing people's hair for free. And they were paying. And then I realized I got more talented and started getting, I was curious. So when I got to high school, I was like, I'm going to do the, the cosmetology program. And I wanted to get out of chemistry, y'all. So I got out of chemistry that way. Um, but by the age of 17, I had a license and I was able to make more money than what people that were graduating. We were all graduating, but I had I had a paycheck that looked really nice. I wasn't coming out of high school broke. So mm-hmm. I was already realizing that this talent could be really lucrative. And so I was exposed to that at a very young age of, of doing that. But I made an agreement. My grandma's like, you still got to go to college. So I went for fashion, merchandise, fashion, merchandise management, which was like the business side of fashion. And that tapped into a whole new thing as how mm-hmm. to run your business and how to structure your business. But I still did hair while I was in college and I had a choice to make. I can either go for two more years or I can actually take my talent and go further. And I decided to bet on myself because I knew that if I took the path of getting a job, everybody would have the power to fire me and to change my life. My life had already changed at 10. I wanted to be in the driver's seat. 
So I was not willing to bet on a school. I was willing to bet on myself, but it all piggybacked from my grandmother giving me that freedom to say, it's okay to not know. And it's okay to say you have a gift and use that gift. And so I think that's when I really knew. (laughs) Yeah, no, everything that your grandma said, I'm like, man, smart, smart lady to just be like, you don't have to be this. Because one of the things that we say a lot on here is that we were all told we could be anything that we want to grow when we grow up, as long as you're a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, or anything else that we're accustomed to. And we live in a world where you don't have to be any of those things. You could be something that doesn't even exist. Like one of my um, mentors always says, he's like, I never knew what I wanted to be when I was in high school because the thing that I was planning, that was meant for me didn't even exist yet. And he ended up being a YouTuber. Mm. And that was his first like into the business world. And when he was in high school, it it wasn't something. So you're right. Like it's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. And You know, I think that sometimes we feel when we don't know that we're drowning, when really it's, you know, you're filling it out, you're seeing what it is, you're getting new experiences, you're getting those tools in your tool belt Mm -hmm. that are going to be the things. And it sounds like you experienced a lot of those of moments in time that got you to where you wanted to go. And that brings you to where you are now. And I'd love for you to kind of talk about like what we were talking about before the call of where are you now in retrospect of this last year and how things have changed, even in that year, because I think that people take for granted of, oh, this happened over a long period of time and they got to learn all these things. And, you know, we always assume that everybody has this hand up Mm -hmm. that we don't have, and we use it as an excuse to hold ourselves back. And even in the last 365 days, you have come a really long way and you have so much more clarity and you know where you're going. And I mean, you can tell it just by your presence, the way that you talk and all of that. And it's a beautiful thing. And I think that people take it for granted. So I'd love for you to give a little bit of insight into that. So just 365 days ago, nobody really knew what I was doing or there was no mark that I was making. I was I hired a coach myself, right? Um, as a coach, I believe that you do need someone that's looking over your business. I believe that a coach is a, is a bird's eye view on your business and on yourself. So I did that. And when I left that particular program, I had a curriculum. I actually took what I knew here and wrote it down. And I was trying to force myself in that curriculum and force myself into this bubble of like, this is what the coaching business does. Follow the momentum, like follow this blueprint of like what the online streets were saying. And I realized as I was developing and growing, I have this saying all the time, I'm the CEO of my life first, and then I'm the CEO of my business second. And so when I am trying to develop a lifestyle around who I am and the business, it should reflect on who I am. I'm a mom of two children. I don't want to be a slave to no computer, right? If I'm going to, I don't want to trade my time for dollars, but I also don't want to trade my time to be on the online streets either. And so I was following all these rules, like fake rules that they, that the online streets are talking about. And once I just had a moment to stop, I had to fire some people. I had to let some relationships go that were not healthy for for the business or the vision. And so I went back to the drawing board and that drawing board was something that I wrote at the top when I first started. And I said, what's my ultimate goal for self? Time freedom, right? That was it. 
It was those two little words. Wasn't anything fancy. I just wanted time freedom. And whatever that capacity looked like, I didn't have the definition, but walking it out. And I realized I started building a business that was robbing me of time, right? So I found myself like chasing clients, being everywhere online, just diversifying my time, just doing all the busy work, which I say busy leaves you broke, underpaid yearly, right? And so I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I was like, okay, you're doing all the wrong stuff and it doesn't align with who you are. And so I realized I was preaching one thing, but I wasn't practicing it in my own life. And the moment I just stopped, the client started to come. Like I didn't have to do anything else. And it wasn't because I was doing, I was doing the right stuff, but I also was filling it with the wrong stuff. And so Charger Earth Academy went through like kind of a birthing phase where I found a system that worked for me. And it's a tool that we use in my business now, which is Dream Workflow. And it's amazing because it does, it automates so much of my business down from email marketing, SMS marketing, my forms, my surveys, my quizzes, my course creation. It allowed me to get what I was trying to do all along, which was time freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of times the creators are doing, are listening, drowning their voice out and not listening to the person, the CEO of the company, and they're putting out so much information, they're consuming too much that they can't stay in their creative space mm -hmm. and listen to their own voice. And so Charger Worth Academy is in a beautiful place because I have a great tool now that frees me up. So I'm not doing all of the busy work, right? <laughs> and um, I'm available more for my kids. Like after this interview, I'll go in the play outside on the bikes with the babies. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, um, but my business is still going to generate money without me robbing from the time that I have with my children. So I think that for creatives, if you, I didn't have a leg up, I hit my head quite a few times, right. Um, trying to do it other people's way, give yourself the grace to slow down. There is beauty in rest, rest and get the clarity and stop consuming so much. Mm -hmm. Be very careful who you listen to. I always say protect your ear and eye gates because as a creator, we can start seeing things that's not even our voice and hearing things that's not our voice. And I was like, I don't want to sound like anybody else. I just want to be Angelica, right? I just want to be Angelica. You don't got to like me. If you like me, great. If you don't like me, turn me off and go to someone that you do like, right? <laughs> and being okay with that and not getting stuck in the vanity of success and really actually allowing it to show up in my bank account more than, and show up in my relationships. And I think that's really important. Yes. Well, and you touched on a couple of different things. So I would definitely want to go back to the software. Um, but I also want to talk about the fact that you were talking about the idea of all of these gurus telling us the things that we need to be doing. So we're following all these big names and you can fill in the blank, whichever one comes to mind for you first, for whoever, for when, whoever's listening is do this. This is the only way to be successful. These are the only steps you need to take. And you and I, this is one of the things that we connected on originally, is that, yes, there are pillars of things that you need to be doing in your business that we know. We know we need to be having offers. We know we need to be making sales. We know we need to have some marketing. How you do those things is up to you. It's yeah. choose your own adventure. Yeah. You get to decide what your life's going to look like. You get to decide what your business is going to look like. And that's why you got into this in the first place. Mm -hmm. 
And for those of you who are starting to feel some of that excitement again, it's because it's still there. You've just buried it by all the information that you've been taking in and not paying attention to, like we're saying, the CEO of your life. And I love that you say that the CEO of your life and the CEO of your business and putting which one is first of what life do I want to have? What do I want my family to look like? What do I want my business to look like? What do I want my relationships and my employees to look like? And then saying, how is the business going to run in order to make that happen? And so it comes back to that idea that we chat about sometimes of the personal brand versus the regular, what we're used to brands like Target, Mm -hmm. of you actually are creating a personal brand for your life, and then you can create the personal brand for your business. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. And I think just to piggyback off of what you said was... When I say that, it helps people to actually separate that I am, my business is an asset. It's a tool for people to actually get results in whatever capacity. If you're a photographer, they're coming to get pictures taken, but that's separate. That's not you. That's the gift, right? And so I hear people say, it's my baby. No, it's not your baby. It's an asset. You need to position you, the personality. People are going to attract to you, the person. The gift is completely separate. And I think that for creators, we need to kind of think about that. And so that's why I separate them too, right? Because there's a CEO hat, right? And then there's a CFO hat, two totally Mm -hmm. different people, right? And so although it's coming from one human being, right? I need to understand that the business is a tool and an asset for people to come and get results. Yes. And that is it. And if I position it in a certain way, it can be sold and I can move on to another project. Because Mm -hmm. I'm going to grow and develop. And what I was excited about, like, I like doing hair, but I don't love it for an eight-hour day Mm -hmm. on a four-day work week. I don't enjoy it that much anymore. But if you would ask that 20-year-old stuff, I loved it, right? This chick today, mama can't do that no more. And it has no Mm -hmm. desire of doing that anymore. But I still have clients that fly out to me. I love my VIPs. So I will do that. But other than Mm -hmm. that, not an eight-hour. And I had to find that that that's okay. That's okay that I'm not that version anymore. And just had to say RIP to that version. So even as a creator, you're going to grow, but your business is completely separate than you. Mm -hmm. And I love that you mentioned that it's people talk about it being a baby. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. It's like, no, it is a machine. It is not your baby because your baby, you have to take care of forever. We know this as moms. For those of you who are not moms, babies are a lot of work. They are much more work than a dog or a cat or any of that. You cannot leave them at home by themselves. Not at all. (laughs) And your business should be something that you can walk away from for an extended period of time and still make money. That's right. And if you're not planning your business and your life around that, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And it could be just a couple little shifts. We're not telling you to redo your whole business. We're just saying, rethink about how you're putting those offers out there. Do they need to have all of you? Do they need to be connected to you every second? That might be your ego saying, oh, I need this for me to feel important and to feel worthy. And that goes back to that worth piece Mm -hmm. of you need to feel worthy as a person. Your mind, the things that you've created, the pieces that you've put in place are enough, even if you are not the person delivering that thing. That's right. I love it. Love it. Love it. These conversations are so healthy because 
I feel like they're vulnerable enough and give people permission to say, wait, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going about this wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that gave me permission to do it was I actually took a trip to New York after the, I did seven months straight of being live, but I had someone before I started my video podcast, right? I remember that there was like, you got to do live. You're going to have the most engagement. You're going to do that. The moment I stopped my live show, I was like, okay, seven months. I'm good. I need a break. I literally grew a hundred people. And I was like, wait, so I've been going live every week for seven months straight. I stop and then I have growth. What is this? What is this really trying to tell me? And so that was the first aha moment. And so whatever your aha moment is for those who are listening, you want to make sure that you're paying attention, that you're still enough in your business so that you can hear your voice and that you're not drowning, drowning out what really matters to you. And so I keep a sign up like on my whiteboard that my ultimate goal is time freedom. If it robs you of my time, then I don't want it. If I'm chasing it, I don't want it. I don't want to do anything that requires me hustling. I know everybody's like hustle culture. I'm like RIP to hustle culture because I don't desire when I'm hustling. That means I'm taking from someone else and I never want to take any from anyone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't feel like a glory road. Right. I don't need to lose sleep and not get rest because I'm after a bag. If you're running after a bag, you're always going to be running after. It's never enough money, right? But it's not enough. You're going to run out of time. All of us know how we're going to end. That one thing is that we will run out of time. So if I'm chasing money and it can always be made, why wouldn't I chase time? Time is way more valuable in my opinion. And that's how I base, when I realized, that's how I base my whole business as a hairstylist was after time. I was like, no, I sell time. So I need to be intentional about my time. Mm-hmm. And that just became an asset for me instead of money. And the money mm-hmm. just showed up because I valued time more than I valued the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's such a great lesson because the thing that you focus on usually tends to be the thing that you push away. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched it in lots of different situations, especially in relationships. Like if you focus on not having this bad thing, just like you're focusing on, on trying to get more money, you're pushing those things away or you're pulling them in if you're trying to say, oh, I'm not going to have that because your brain is already like, okay, well, that's the thing we're focusing on. So then all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have this problem of I'm always in lack. I never I have a prosperity mindset of I can do this. I do have the ability to do this. And The thing about time and the worth pieces is that they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And as far as time, you have to value it in order to have a business that's successful. Because as a business owner, your goal is to hire on more people. Mm -hmm. So now you're involved in other people's time. Yes. And if you don't run a business well, then you're stealing from their time. And then we get back into that hustle piece. And I love how you framed all of that. It's such a good reminder because everybody's like, oh, just hustle. Just hustle a little harder. It's just this season. And it's like, what if we just built it right from the ground up of here's time. Here's how much I should be paid because this is how much I'm worth. And this is what I feel of my worth on both sides of that coin. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to hustle. Yeah. I'm going to 
magically walk into this thing that I was meant to do, that I was called to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And I think when you're, when you know what you're called to do, um, and I'm going to say this and I don't mean this in any way, um, to any coaches that are out there might be listening, be intentional about the coach that you actually hire because they will only coach you from what they have experienced. And a lot of times, even when I have gotten introduced to a lot of coaches and it's their program, when you're going on these sales calls, you're going for a solution, right? But you also have to make sure that they're the right fit for you, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I find it that we're in the online streets is that we're connecting and listening to all these people. And so we'll be like, oh, that's the perfect coach for me. Instead of saying, is this a person that's challenging, challenging me to be the better version of myself? And so those are the things that I think as creators, when we are looking at our gifts and putting it out to the world to say we have an offer, we have something, I can only coach you from my experience, but my experience and your experience might not align and the timing might not align. So I would rather tell you you're not a good fit because I don't, where you are at, I can't support that. And I don't even have the curriculum or the capacity to actually help you in that in that area. And so I'm very intentional about the time that I actually take. Like I don't have to do a lot of sales calls. I know exactly to the number, how many people I need to be speaking to. And if I'm at that number, I'm done. Why? Because I'm not hustling for it. I just believe in prosperity and God will take care of me. He put me, he gave me the gift. I'm going to do it. And, and Mm -hmm. the rest is history for, for me. Once I stopped doing that, the growth Mm -hmm. came and the mindset really changed as well. Um, and, and I hope that when people are listening to, to us and listening is giving yourself permission to just say, I need to stop and rethink or recalibrate how my business looks. Mm-hmm. And, well, and asking yourself, yeah, asking yourself, what if work didn't have to be hard? What if this was something that I actually enjoyed? What if it wasn't, you know, we hear that old saying of if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And we all just kind of laugh at it now because we, then we became adults and we're like, this adulting thing is hard. <laughs> Um, and yes, there are hard pieces of it, but even one of my really good friends was like, yeah, I was sitting at Panera yesterday and some guy came up to me and was like, Hey, I see you here a lot. You're one of those people that doesn't work a day in their life. Aren't you? Cause you enjoy what you do. And he was like, yeah, I am. There's some admin stuff that sucks. And there's some other things that I don't enjoy doing, but for the most part, I'm here on a random Wednesday, sitting at Panera, drawing. Yeah. And it was a realization to him, but him telling me the story, I was like, you're right. I actually am very grateful for where I'm at, even though I'm not where I want to be. And I think that there's a healthy balance between the two of them Mm -hmm. of I'm here in this space and yes, I'm striving for more, but I'm grateful for this piece that I have. Yeah. And being able to be within your talents, understand what you do the best, what is your genius Mm -hmm. and just living in that genius because where, where would the world be if we all just lived in our genius? Oh my God. It would be a beautiful place of what it should be looking like now (laughs) besides all the other crazy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that so many people focus on, this is what I was told to do. This is what I was told success looks like. And it can look like whatever you want it to look like. If you want to make a million dollars, fantastic. I have friends that have no desire to do that and run businesses. 
I also have friends who are like, I'm happy with my, you know, six figures that I'm making every year. And this is all I ever want to do. And it provides for me, it provides for my staff and it provides for my family. And that's their version of success. And they're the happiest people that I know. Mm -hmm. So figuring out what does that success look like for you? It doesn't mean you have to make seven figures. It doesn't mean that you have to be on every magazine. It can, yeah, but it doesn't have to. That's right. And so giving yourself permission to step back and be like, what do I want? What do I want out of life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think most, many of us actually stop and do that until we're like, oh, you have a health problem. Somebody dies. You know, you have to actually take inventory of your life. Mm -hmm. And this is your invitation to do it before you get there. Learn from us. <laughs> yes, because we did it wrong. So many, you know, made mistakes along the way. But um, I remember I, I just was speaking to another uh, colleague of mine and she said, what does success mean to you today? And I said, peace. If it robs me of my peace, like peace of mind, I'm feeling anxious. I have no desire. That's what success would mean. But ask me 20, at 20, it meant something completely different. And so mm-hmm. as you are elevating and growing and changing because life changes, right? You'll have the opportunity to redefine what that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's the place that I'm at right now. I love that I don't work for the weekends. I'm not like, oh, the weekend's coming. It's like, oh, Tuesday's coming. <laughs> and it could be any day. And my kids have me and have me available. They're used to seeing their mother and father. That was something that my husband and I were not used to. And we wanted that that's what we wanted for our family right and that's what we and we didn't want to be like one parent's out working and it's like I see the back of you dad we wanted both parents to be available and that doesn't look like everybody else's family and we're okay with that yeah and well so. and the thing about looking like everybody else's family is I think the pandemic taught us that we have no idea what we're doing as a society <laughs> and we need to shake things up and that was this is, has been our chance to be like okay, here's this bag of tricks. We're going to shake it up as much as we can and then put the pieces back together how they need to look. That's right. And I think it's need to look for yourself as a human, but then what does this look like in society of being more accepting of having dads at home, having working moms, having these different dynamics that we're not used to Mm -hmm. or that not are, they don't fit into the stereotypical, this is how life should be. Yeah, which is really good. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a beautiful place that we're, I mean- Say what you want. I know a lot of people's lives were lost in the pandemic, but so many people were birthed in that time. Mm-hmm. And there that that creative juice, literally, I seen so much creativity be birthed. And I don't know about you, but when you go outside and you look at the world and its stuff, not all the bad stuff, it's like somebody had to think about the things that we're using. Right now we're using technology. Somebody created this genius right I wouldn't be able to get to know you from across the world this is a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing and I feel like now we're getting back to that place to think choose and decide for ourselves and it even ties into your business think choose and decide for your business that's what will make it unique stop trying to cookie cut and do cookie cutter stuff oh this person's doing so I'm going to mirror it after that nobody has your DNA nobody has the business DNA be authentic to yourself I heard so many coaches say in the online streets Oh, I hate when I hear other coaches say charge your worth. My whole academy is called Charge Your Worth Academy. Mm -hmm. Do you think I care what they're saying? That's their beliefs. 
But when you come over to the Angelica world, you're going to get what Charge Worth Academy really and truly means. Because it's not about just how much you make, right? We do some financial digging, but it's not about that. It's a lot more to position your business around the the gifts and talents and get paid for it well and not peanuts, right? Get to understand what does it take to actually run your business to the scent, so that you can go out and hire and scale and delegate and automate, right? Those are the keys to to freedom, right? Who creates a business to be a slave in it? Not me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well have a nine to five. That part, <laughs> that part right there. And so if you're doing something from a creative space, then you need to create that creative uh, yeah. environment so it can flow and nourish. I would say your business is like a seed that's planted and you need it once it's watered correctly and built a good foundation and it's getting it's in good soil it can grow and then when it grows what does it become a beautiful tree that tree is always sitting there blows in the wind it does everything from one little seed and you are the seed <laughs> right and so you have to make sure that you're watering yourself really well so that you can grow and have some beautiful fruit produced from that one seed yeah, because we're all out here saying we want to help people, we want to build these things, we want to make the world a better place, but then we're letting, like you said, our little tree die, mm-hmm. and we can't, you can't pour out from an empty cup. Not at all. <laughs> and so one of the things I jokingly call my kiddos, because I'm very sassy, I call them a, 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 sa- a glass of sass. <laughs> I and love so that. You need to pull that, all those things that make you, you, that make people, that push people away and pull people in because you're like a magnet. You're going to do both and decide what's in my cup. For me, it's a ton of sass (laughs) and figure out what kind of cup you have and go with it, run with it. And be okay with it. If it's inspiration. Yeah, exactly. And pour out from that. But then remember that you need those people pouring into you, which brings you back to what you were talking about at coaches. I think that's such a wise thing that you don't really hear in this space of really be careful who you're hiring in to be a voice in your life mm-hmm. because you don't want them to become your voice, but you also want them to be able to see the greatness in you mm-hmm. and to pull it out. Definitely. And I have been with my fair share of coaches and I can tell you, the one that I'm with now, I'm like, thank God, because they're, they're the kind of people that you you sit there and you're like, I don't know how you knew all of those things. And you were able to see like all this greatness in my ball of mush. Mm-hmm. But thanks for pointing it out because now I can see it too. Yes, that's beautiful. And I think, you know, the, the word coach has become this like um, – it's more popular than it has ever mm-hmm. been, right? And the pandemic really highlighted that. And for a long time, I had to graduate to that place. I wasn't comfortable saying that because my identity was wrapped in being a hairstylist. But when mm-hmm. I started servicing my clients, right, that I was helping, I realized that the students that were coming through Charge of Earth Academy and when they were leaving, they were like, you were very intentional about seeing my gifts, my talents, and, and actually pulling them out. Because sometimes... A coach is supposed to give you a playbook, but mm-hmm. guess who runs the play? You do. When you come yep. back, you get the play and you go out and try it again, right? But I'm going to see certain talents, right? I'm going to see certain things, but that is my job. I'm the bird's eye view. I mean, I love basketball. I'm not a football fan. I am a football fan, but not that much, but I'm a basketball person. And one of my favorite coaches is Phil Jackson. 
And I heard this interview a long time ago with Kobe and he was saying that Phil Jackson made him do yoga and Pilates and all these other things and read these different books that had nothing to do with basketball. Like some of their practices, they were not practicing anything. They would literally just be spending in rest and in solitude. And I was like, I was mesmerized by that conversation because at the end of that interview, he was like, it made me a better basketball player because I had my power players and I was able to think and stop and realize about every move that I was about to make and understand the plays completely different. And I remembered that interview. And when I started to coach, I said, the like when people come through my academy, they think they're going to learn a lot about money. We do. But all the other stuff is to pull out your greatness because I have, to, I don't want to convince you that you're great. You can't come in my program if you don't think you're great. Like you need to think a little bit of ego needs to be there. I need to hear it right in your distress and our sales goal. I need to hear the greatness that you are great at. And so I'm strategic about the questions that I ask. I don't follow no script. I used to do that. My, my coach had gave me this script and it's like, you're going to convert. I had to throw that out. That's not my voice. Let me be my own voice. Right. And so that's why I said that is that it's important for you to know who you are, what you are. I can't teach people how to charge their worth if I, if the, if the CEO of the company is not fully in her worth. And the yeah. moment I threw the 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 stuff out is the moment I actually walked in who I am and unapologetically <laughs> and love it, right? And totally love mm-hmm. where I am. And so I think it's a beautiful thing for creatives to just, people are going to love what you have and people are going to hate what you have. Enjoy the hating and enjoy the love at the same time. They're just mm-hmm. as powerful. Yes. Well, and in all of that, it's, Learning that business is such a blessing because it helps you walk into yourself more fully. We get to, it's that whole becoming at the same time of unbecoming. Mm -hmm. We're unbecoming all the things that we were taught that in our little blank slate minds as a kid, we took with us, but then we get to become this person that we've always envisioned. And yeah, I mean, there's moments when you get to this point, and I'm sure that you can resonate with this is you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm finally me. I'm finally, I feel me. (laughs) And you get this like, okay, I'm never going to do it the other way again. One of my best friends always says, you can't see what you've already seen. You can't unsee it. And I was like, you're right. Once you see these things and you get into this space and it, if you're not there yet, it's okay. Yeah. You're going to get there. As long as you keep getting that 1% better every single day towards what you want. And, it, you know, I've got friends that don't have businesses and I'm like, what do you want to do with your life? And they'll tell me that they don't know. Just take I don't know out of your vocabulary mm-hmm. because it turns your brain off. It's like, okay, that's the answer. I don't know. So I'm just going to stay here where I'm at. Instead of saying, I don't know, say, I don't know yet mm-hmm. or I'm figuring it out. Mm-hmm just like your grandma was saying. And I think that that's an important thing for just growth in general. Mm -hmm. So you can figure out where, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be in five, 10, 15 years from now? Mm -hmm. If you are looking forward to making a million dollars, great. How are you going to do that and work backwards and figure it out and give us that example of where you want to go because it's going to give you that map that then you can take to a coach, to a friend, whoever you're trying to who's pulling that greatness out of you Mm -hmm. and they can help you curate that vision better 
Yeah. I always tell people when I'm working with them, I see your vision. I'm going to grab your hand and we're going to run towards it together. Mm, I love that. And it reminds me every time I see it, when I say that to people of, I can see their vision. I need to remind myself to see my vision too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so constantly coaching yourself, especially if you are a coach, coaching yourself, getting coached by somebody else, being in community with people that are like-minded, going to finding those specific places, conferences, masterminds, whatever it is, and being within those places mm-hmm. because we need each other. Facts. Facts, facts, and more facts. I tell people all the time, my success, and don't forget, define what success is. My success Mm -hmm. is directly correlated to the community that I have. I'm not Mm -hmm. sitting here. You heard me talk about my grandmother, vital piece, right? Um, There are so many people that were in my life that planted, that actually watered the seed that I was planting. And I love that you said, um, I see your vision and I'm going to help you run there, right? And so that's the same thing, right? If a lot of people might not even have that vision. And so we're always thinking that the vision is something that we can see. It's usually something that you cannot see, but you can see it with your eyes closed. That's vision, yeah. right? And so if you can express what your vision is, like talk about it. I would tell people, close your eyes and tell me what would your dream life or dream business, what does that look like? And they start sharing it. I literally say, okay, so now from these gifts that you have, this is how we can get there, right? And so let's start mm-hmm. walking there, right? And if, if I can't, then I'm not the one to serve you. And I'll be glad to say, you know what, but I do know someone that can serve you because they have that more area of expertise. And I think that's another thing that coaches don't do. They don't refer either. They don't, and that's the, <laughs> they don't do that. Yeah. And that's the part of community because it's like, I know what my strengths are. I know what my friends who are coaches strengths are. And I'm like, I don't want to service everybody. Mm-mm. I don't want to have that many people. I want to have a healthy amount of people coming in that are my ideal dream clients. And my ideal dream might not be their ideal dream and vice versa. So we should share. Yes. We've been taught this (laughs) since we were kids. It's like there's plenty. There's lots of people. There are more people starting businesses now than ever. And most of them are women and Gen Z which gives us a lot of opportunities to work with all kinds of different people that haven't been in this kind of community. Mm -hmm. And so being able to realize that and say, the statistics are in your favor. (laughs) If you are a creator, the statistics are in your favor because corporate is falling apart. Sure is. Sure. So if you're in the quiet quitting camp, you're in the, I just am like resigning because I can't do this anymore. And I've given my life to this place, which a lot of the people that listen are, it's okay because the odds are in your favor. Mm -hmm. This is not Hunger Games. There's not going to be one person that survives. That's right. I love it. I love it. Because, you know, just to piggyback off of what you were saying that about corporate culture is, is dying. I remember... I was a kid and was take your child to work there. I went with one of my aunts and mm-hmm. I seen everybody sitting in cubicles and it was so quiet and they were just, I just hear click, 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 like just, just noise with the computers. And I was like, Oh my God, this is driving me nuts. And I was like nine. And I was like, mm-hmm. and so when we went to like lunch, she's like, do you love it? I was like, absolutely not. I said, it's so quiet. You guys are all clickering. It sounds like rats are like, on the hamster wheel kind of doing stuff like that's how I explained it and she was like that I remember this kind of she's like that was so like 
crazy that that's what you got from us working. And I said, I can never work like this. Like I need freedom. I said, there's, they have these fluorescent lights to make it seem like it's sunny outside. Like they're literally putting you guys as lab rats. And that was the vision that I got. And no offense to my family members that are still in corporate culture. I love you guys or anyone that's in corporate culture listening. But uh, for me, I knew that wasn't the journey that I wanted to take. And I knew I wanted freedom and I, I was okay. I had the room to say I wanted freedom. And I, any listeners that are listening and maybe you, you still don't know, give yourself permission to dream at least one part of the day. Like take 15 minutes, close your eyes and say, just write. Because there's something about writing it or saying it or say it to someone that you trust because they will be the mirror for you too and say, hey, remember you that passion project that you said you want to do? When are we going to do it? You know, or... You know, anything like that, just go and dream at one part of the day to give yourself permission to just do something in, in a freedom place. I mean, we're human beings. We're meant to just be free as well mm-hmm. with some constraints, but free as well. So just be yes. in that. And there's so many different ways that you can dream in a way that makes, even if you wanted to stay in corporate a different kind of environment. So one of the things that we do is we actually have a project called the Toy Box Project where we come into organizations and we teach you how to play better. Mm. And so you could be doing something like that because there's studies upon studies upon studies that play and having fun in what you're doing will make you more productive. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting here going, okay, well, I'll do that later. I'll read that book later. I'll go to that concert. I'll play later. I'll hang out with my kids. I'll do all these things later after I'm done with work. And work doesn't have to be that. No. And I think that's something that we're learning collectively. Mm -hmm. So some people want to stay in corporate and that's fantastic. That's where your gifting is. Some people want to start a business. That's fantastic. But being able to understand that you can still dream and you can still make changes and you can still have a voice and lead in that space, mm-hmm. no matter what it's technically called yeah. for based on what we know as truths. Because if we've learned anything over the last couple of years is that nothing is for sure. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and there's surprises everywhere. It's like, you know, I always picture that scene. I think it's from The Office where they open the door and it's like, supplies! <laughs> because that's literally how our life is. Fact, when I became a mother, it was like a lot of surprises too. I was like, yes, oh, yes. you guys told me in this book it would be this. And then uh, th- then they came out and they got personalities. Like no one talks about the personalities. It's like, do this, this, and this, and this. And then they don't tell you how the personality is going to come back because my son is headstrong and he didn't come with a manual. So every day I'm learning. Every five minutes I'm learning. And then my daughter is completely opposite. So they have personalities and I have to actually have to raise this human being to be free enough to think, choose, and decide for themselves. And so that's the thing about life. Yeah. Well, and about being a mom, it's one of those things of if you're a parent at all, you'll understand this. And if you're not, Get ready. You, you've got some exciting <laughs> things coming for you and there's so many good lessons. I mean, I tell people all the time, I learned, I've learned more being a mother than I ever did in college, than I ever did in corporate, than I ever did in any of these programs I've ever been in. Because this is one-on-one dealing with a human that can kind of control themselves in some aspects sometimes. Mm-hmm. And 
being able to watch how they process things and how they think about things, just like your example of when you were nine years old, it gives you a different perspective about life because you're like, oh, I didn't see it from there. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that they say, you're like, that's genius. And we've run with some of the things that my kids have said in the business and they've worked out beautifully. (laughs) And it's because they were able to see it in a different way. And they're like, you just keep beating a dead horse here, kid. (laughs) And, you know, valuing opinions of others and understanding that everybody is valuable. And I think that comes from seeing your children grow up and having to deal with that and having to understand how people work. It makes Mm -hmm. you a better human. It makes you a better person. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm taking all of these into how I'm handling my clients and how I'm running my business and how I'm talking to people when I'm on stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, this is all just parenting (laughs) advice, guys. (laughs) Let's just start there. That's it. Because I, I, I will have to say, I when I became a parent, I used to say I didn't want children. And that was from a fear place because I experienced loss and trauma, losing my own parents. So I used to say that and, and kind of make it my own. And then uh, counseling and all that stuff kind of freed me from that. And so when I met my husband, we had kids. It's like we blinked in love and it was like, oh, you got a kid. Oh, you blink again. Got a kid. And so I didn't have time to process that I was having kids. And now that they're at that age of like three and four, well, they're five and four now. And I remember that um, we were having this conversation right before I came. She's like, so you're going to work. And then when you're done with work, we're going to go outside and play. And then you can go back on your computer, right? For like an hour. And it's because she's already watched me. And then she's like, and then we're going to cook, right? We're going to cook together. She has this whole plan. And I didn't tell her itinerary, but she just witnessed that on a regular basis that she knows that. In between my day-to-day life, I'm going to take her outside. We're going to play. We're going to do everything. And she's not in school yet. And so I'm homeschooling her. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, school can look however you want it. If you don't want to go to traditional school, Mm -hmm. you can stay home. She's like, I can't. I was like, no, you're going to school because your personality, (laughs) you need to go to school, right? (laughs) You need some friends because mommy is not your BFF, okay? I want you to know that I'm not your friend. But um, (laughs) it gave me the opportunity to show her that school does not have to look traditional. Right. I mm-hmm. wanted to give her that opportunity to, to say that I have the freedom to say I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And so I think parenting has really freed me up a lot to mm-hmm. to be the best version of myself because I have I'm challenged quite a bit with who I am. And every day I'm challenged of who mm-hmm. who is Angelica today might not be Angelica tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's always they're they're um, what I like to call a force to be reckoned with. They force you to be mm-hmm. great. They force you to pull out and then they pick up your bad habits too. Some of the habits that you didn't have a mirror for before. Mm-hmm. So I love that part about it. So it's, it also, like you said, you use some of the like you, things that your kids said into content, into business, same thing. Like uh, we have this thing in charge worth Academy. We say grow and glow. And so we don't say good or bad. It's like, where can I grow and where am I glowing at? And so I stay in that place of like, I got some room to improve. But I'm also glowing in this area. And a lot of people don't talk positive over themselves. They always talk negative over themselves. So it's our way of trying to teach them to speak life into yourself because we can all speak death within two seconds. So the goal is to speak life. Speak that into your finances. Speak that over to who you are. Speak like you're great. And that's where the worthiness comes from, right? And if nobody ever told you were great, start telling yourself you're great. That's what charge your worth is. If I know I'm great, everything I touch will be great. That doesn't mean it's going to come easy, but it's going to be great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
and you will figure out a way to grow and make it great. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, and I think we take that analogy for granted because when you plant a seed, it's literally in dirt and then it has to build its way through dirt before it finally is like, ta-da. Yes, magic all of a sudden and how long mm-hmm. it takes. My favorite plant is the bamboo plant because it takes three years, right? So it's planted and it has to go down really, really low and then three years under dirt. So some that think about that from your business. It might take three years or longer for you to figure it out, right? And then because you keep watering and you keep watering, keep watering, a bamboo plant grows at a speed of like any other plant and you really can't kill it, right? So think about it. When you start that momentum of whatever that success journey looks like, it's just going to keep going because it was on good ground, but you might stay underground for a good minute. And that's the part that we all think overnight success. Um, If you think of anybody, you're like, oh, they came out of nowhere. You didn't see all the dirt that they had Mm -hmm. to go through and what they were buried to then start becoming greatness. And so that's the part that we don't like, but that's the grooming. That's where all the foundational, that's the root. And so you're the root. Like I said earlier, you're the seed, you got to plant it and you got to be underground. And so I told people, I don't care if everybody doesn't know my name. I might be underground for a while, but at least when I come up, I'm going to stand on firm foundation and not be easily broken. Yeah. Well, and it's that idea of you have to learn the lessons at the right timing. And you might be learning lessons. You'll learn lessons for forever, but there's certain lessons that you have to learn before all of a sudden you hit that what everybody sees as success. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, but I needed to learn this at that moment. I needed to heal this at that moment. I needed to understand this. And that's why. And, you know, it's that whole hindsight's 2020, the irony in that sent that sentiment now. But it's really, it's looking back and saying, look at how far we've come. Look at the things that needed to happen in order to get here. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, I think it was 2020 that needed to happen in order for us to have hindsight be 2020. That's right. I'm only sitting here now and understanding what time freedom is because of 2020. Cause I had a moment mm-hmm. to stop and rest and kind of really think. And I fell into it. I like to say that my purpose work, I was pushed on me um, because once I put myself out there, it was like no turning back. Right. And yeah. so here I am. I just needed to get more clear of what that looked like because I didn't have a blueprint. And so I started listening to the I wouldn't say wrong voices, but I invited voices in too. And then I started listening to all the voices and then I started getting more and more confused. And the more I got confused, the less I can hear Angelica's voice, the less I could be creative, the less I can come with my own original content per se, um, or my own thought process of how Charger Worth, even to be able to articulate what Charger Worth Academy was because I was borrowing other, other things. So the moment I got quiet and still, it's like I got to a place where it's like, oh, this is a no brainer because mm-hmm. it is, I'm back to the foundation of what it was supposed to be instead of um, making it into something it wasn't because I kept throwing mm-hmm. other people's seasoning on it. And then it turns into a nasty gumbo and not that good gumbo. <laughs> so, yeah, you finally got into the flow of where everything felt easy. Yes, 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 yes. And to me, having a good system, having good community, um, I'm now at a place where I know without a shadow of a doubt where things are going. Yes. And, and speaking of systems, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about that and kind of how you came into this. 
So I was on a quest to like, it got, it has to be something out there that I don't have to use multiple systems. I need one login, one log off. I'm gonna just tell y'all that now. I, I love organization, but I hate using multiple things to be organized. So I realized that my systems weren't communicating with each other and my calendars weren't seeking in together. And then I was using too many things. So I was on this learning hamster wheel because I'm using this software, that software, and I love them all, but they just never had the brains of a business from an online business perspective or a brick and mortar business. So mm-hmm. um, in our quest, my husband is the, he's the more techie side. And um, I had got an opportunity to actually meet another person in community and she introduced me to this software and in a presentation to like deliver it to my husband, but came through me. And my husband is like, oh, this is a no brainer. This is what you've been looking for. This is going to be the solution. So Dream Workflow is our tech software that we are using. It's an all-in-one optimum platform that houses everything that it takes to operate a business. Um, and when I say operate a business, think about the, the, the task that you're doing manually over and over and over. And then you try to hire a virtual assistant to do that work for you, but you still got to explain it. Now you have a system that's actually going to do all of that for you. And so when I say all that for you, um, I'll run down a few things that it offers. Forms, I was using Google Forms for that, right? And then to build a quiz, I was using another platform for quiz as a lead magnet. Um, My course and like content creation was in Kajabi, right? And then I was using ConvertKit for email marketing. (laughs) Then I was using, of course, Stripe to like look at all of my uh, transactions and PayPal, right? And then I was looking at, okay, I have to make sure that I automate some of these some of these tasks. So I was like integrating using Zapier to help me automate certain things in my life, automate my emails. But one thing I realized is SMS is a big thing for the next generation. And mm-hmm. so when I would ask them, they're like, I never check my emails. And so our software allows you to have SMS marketing, you can build unlimited funnels. You can build unlimited websites. It hosts WordPress websites as well. So you are going to get reputation um, management as well. So you'll have the ability to communicate with all of your people where they're coming from your website, Google My Business. The beautiful thing about it is it connects to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. So you have social media planning right there available to you. Um, And then one of the caveats is like you can store all your media there. So you're able to store the media that you've created if you have a VA. And then you can have unlimited team members. And your phone number is only going to cost you $1. Um, So that's a beautiful thing. And the list just goes on and on and on. So I could sit here and talk about it. But once I found that, I was able to kind of breathe from my business and kind of move out. So there is a lot of work in the beginning, but I mean, the software does amazing things. And so I have been, it's easy to tell people about it because I know it's been a breath of fresh air for me. It gave me life back into being more creative because I now have something that supports it that doesn't make me a slave to my business. So for all creators and it's, it's versatile. Does You don't have to be a coach or consultant. You can be in hairstyling. You can be a plumber. I mean, it does amazing, amazing things. Those are just a few things that it can do, but I love it. And we are in our soft launch season. So we have a killer deal that we're giving out to never pay again. It's a one-time payment for life grandfathered in. 
And awesome. so that's where we are. We will definitely be putting links in the show notes for that. So you guys, if you're interested in that and it's something that you would need for your business, even if you're looking forward to things, I'm a software nerd, so I have, <laughs> I'm the person that buys all of it. Um, but, you know, thinking about that and seeing if that is something that you need, those will be in the show notes for you. Awesome. And then I would love to chat for just a second about the Charger Worth pricing formula. And if you want to run us through that, and then we will ask our very fun at the end question that we ask all of our guests. Awesome. And then we'll go ahead and wrap this up because I know we're a little bit over our time. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Charger Worth uh, formula, pricing formula, is profit plus business expense plus personal expense plus taxes equals your service fee. So a lot of people in the creative space, they go and they look at the market but this is not real estate, okay? You are the CEO of your business and it's going to take certain things to run and operate your business. The worst thing that can happen is that number one, you don't receive a paycheck. So how could your passion turn into I'm broke? We don't play the broke game, okay? Um, There are some business expenses that need to be paid and you need to pay personal things in your life to maintain your sanity, right? Um, and then the beautiful thing, IRS is coming for anybody and especially the creative space. They know it's a new market. And so they are trying to put in things in place. We want you to be prepared, right? It's a beautiful thing where you can make money, but if you can't manage it, right? Then there's a problem. So that's our formula, but we also created a beautiful tool for you to utilize. That's super easy for you to calculate that what it, what it takes to actually run your business and then where your money should be going and what bank accounts it should be going and, and how to really manage the money so that it's not managing you. And so that's mm-hmm. how Charger Worth Academy price and formula works. Yeah, I love it. And the beauty of everything that you talk about as far as the big picture things as well as the actual pricing pieces is it's all about looking at it from a whole perspective. Like this is me as a whole person. This is the business as a whole business. This is how we're looking into things. And so if you wouldn't mind telling us where we can find you and a little bit about your income strategy call for people that are interested in finding out more about this. Well, you guys can find me on just go to angelicaprather.com. Um, that's where I pretty much house everything there. Um, and it's not a bazillion pages. It's one page of an e- of, a, of a website. So super easy. But my income strategy call is where I look at your finances um, and see what it is, what's the income gaps that we're having and why you're not building, a, you're using your creativity to really make money. But we don't only just talk about that. We also figure out what the articulation is because sometimes we're not articulating it that well so that it makes sense to the price. So we're not using keywords and not using certain descriptives to articulate what they're going to receive in your creating, you know, creating your, um, your offer. So we do that yeah. as well. So you can just go to angelicaprather.com. And then if you want to hang out with me and the Cherry's Blueprint, that's housed on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you can use some, give me some comments, some love there. And then that's really it. That's where I'm hanging out in these online streets is between my YouTube. And of course, I'm everywhere else. But YouTube is my main hub. And then Angelica Prather, that's what I own. So I tell people all the time, I own that part of the online streets is my my website. Everything else I do not own, so I do not get a great ROI where I spend my time at. So my digital real estate is my is my website. So you can always come hang out with me there. 
I love it. It's such a good reminder of thinking about it like an actual street. That is it. It's my address. I say I don't have a brick and mortar anymore. I, I used to have a salon, but I do have an online presence and that's my street and it's Angelica Prather and I own that. I don't own mm-hmm. any of the other platforms. So I do not steward my time again where I'm not going to get an ROI. And mm-hmm. personally, the reason why I spend time, I love podcasts. So the Chairs Blueprint is on a podcast as well. I spend mm-hmm. those times because those are evergreen and I don't have to keep doing it over and over and over again. You guys can hear us years from now and mm-hmm. get introduced to who we are. So I like a good ROI. So that's where I'm yes. at. <laughs> I love it. So we have one more question for you that we ask all of our guests. Ooh. And it's always an interesting one. And some people do it bad. Some people do it good. I kind of have a sense of which which direction you're going to go with this. I might be nervous um, now. <laughs> <laughs> so if humans came with a warning label, what would yours say? Ooh. Oh my God. That's a really good question. A warning <laughs> label. Um, this is the first thing that comes up. I am not affectionate. <laughs> so if you want hugs, love and all that stuff, you're not getting it. Um, so we'd say warning pick next because I'm not as mushy as it looks. So that would be the first thing that comes to mind when I say that. Um, and what love it. was that what you were thinking? <laughs> what direction? No, you just always tend to go in the positive direction. So it's always interesting to see what people have to say of like, what would my warning label be? Oh, warning. (laughs) You're not going to get much hugs. You're not going to get much kisses. You're not going to, but you might get love, but it's not going to show up in that way. So if you need that, my husband is completely opposite. So he's like, you don't give me enough hugs. I'm like, should have came with a warning label, but I did tell him, I told him I'm not affectionate. Um, And it's it's just, you know, soft touches make me feel like I have bugs on me. So I love it. So, and you know, we all have our own little things, which I think is I love. Um, mine is sassy and comes with lots of glitter. Ooh, I can see so, that. I don't know why mm-hmm. the movie Trolls comes to mind when you're talking. Like, I just think of like trolls and like this happy place and like glitter. That's the movie that comes to mind when I think of like you and like magical. I just think of trolls. Not that you look like a troll, but that <laughs> that energy. That's what I get. I just think of that. So yeah, I, I will take it. Yes. Trolls is one of my favorites <laughs> and the music is, is killer. So I just mm-hmm. love it. Anywhere where there's glitter, you can find <laughs> me bathed in it. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. And I mean, like I said, guys, this is going to be one that you're going to have to listen to a couple of times. There's so much wisdom in this episode from Angelica and definitely go to the show notes, go and find her on her website and take advantage of getting to get inside of her brain and listen to all the other things that she has to say on her podcast as well. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Top Shelf Creator Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Top Shelf Creator. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love to see you share it with a friend and give us a review wherever you listen to help us reach more creators just like you.